You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Braves reporter, Mark Bowman. The Braves suddenly playing great baseball here, Mark, and playing the spoiler role kind of to a T. They sweep the Mets uh, in New York. This brings back memories of, of Chipper Jones tormenting the New York Mets. But on Wednesday night, it wasn't Chipper Jones. It was Ender Enciarte going over the wall and bringing back a home run that would have won the game off the bat of Ioannis Cespedes. So you look at this team right now, and the Braves only need to win two of their final 10 games to avoid that 100 loss mark that they wanted to avoid. So that seems like it's in good shape. They're also still two games worse than the Reds, so they're in good shape as far as getting that number one overall pick in the draft. Um, When you look at a rough season that everybody knew what was going to be rough, it's nice to see a team like this that's had such a tough go finish strong. Yeah, no doubt. This is exactly what the Braves wanted. You know, they, they certainly didn't expect to start like they did, but when that occurred, you know, from a uh, competitive standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, when you're going into a new stadium, uh, for the business, and you certainly wanted to have, gain some momentum uh, here near the, near the end of the uh, season, and certainly they have done that. The, the big uh, difference, or the big uh, move that was made, was, was to get Matt Kemp. Now, has Matt Kemp, has he been the sole reason that this lineup has uh, taken off uh, since his arrival? No. But, uh, you know, he, he arrived about the same time they moved Ender and Ciarte back to the top of the lineup. Freddie Freeman has gotten hot. And the influence that Enciarte and Kemp have made, you know, it, it is it doesn't mean anything if you don't have what Freddie Freeman is doing there in the middle. In other words, their influence isn't going to, to have the same effect on your run-of-the-mill, you know, number three hitter. Freddie Freeman has been special this year. He, he's put himself in position to where – you know, we we talked maybe a month ago saying no, he's going to get MVP consideration. I think it's going to be more than MVP consideration. I think he's going to get a number of top five votes and maybe even uh, yeah, a couple uh, top three votes. You look and you've got um, Chris Bryant, obviously, he's going to get a lot, and, and Daniel Murphy. Those are your front runners. But right after that, you look at the collection of guys, uh, even on a last-place team, um, you I my thinking is look the value that he is providing his team and the influence that he is having on the league is is the same whether his, whether his team is winning or not. So I I I think it's uh, to to give him a top five vote and even a top three vote. Uh, I think it's warranted. I mean this guy is having a special season, thirty home run season. He's he's right up there in the top five or more rated runs created plus whatever you look at uh, OPS. Um, but, but yes, it's, uh, it has been a, a trickle down effect from moving in Ciarte there to the top of the lineup, lengthening the lineup with Matt Kemp, him being productive. And then obviously Freddie Freeman having such a special season. And let's not forget what Nick Markakis has done because this is the Nick Markakis that, uh, the, the Orioles saw there in 08, 09, what we've seen the last two months. Yeah, so good to see Marcakis after he had a rough first season in Atlanta to do what he's done lately. Freeman, 25-game hit streak right now, still going. 41-game on base streak, which ties Chipper Jones's career along with the Braves. Just unbelievable stuff from Freeman, and I, and I agree. He's going to get 
a lot of consideration as far as the MVP goes. He's not going to win it, obviously, on a last-place team, but but he'll be up there in the votes. Um, I think the one name you didn't mention there, and, and obviously he's still getting his feet wet a little bit, but the numbers are are really good, and he's starting to pitch. He's starting to face other teams' good pitching now, Mark, and that's obviously Dansby Swanson. The average 314 now. He's got a couple of home runs, one inside the park, one over the wall. Uh, 14 RBIs he's played. He's looked steady at shortstop, and I know they protected him early on, but he got a couple of hits off Noah Syndergaard. He got a hit off Scherzer, hit off Jose Fernandez. He certainly still looks comfortable. Has he also been one of those factors that's kind of given this team a lift? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, you look at he came about, uh, what was that, the middle of August. Those are those two uh, events I was talking about. Kemp's arrival August 2nd. Uh, NCRT going back to the top of the lineup, I think it was August 5th. And then um, Swanson about a week or two later. Yeah, I, I think that has had a big effect. You know, obviously, they, Eric Ibar was one of the least productive players in the league. Uh, Dansby Swanson has shown us that, that he could, you know, produce here at this level, just one year removed from college. And I, I think that's what I knew of Dansby Swanson before uh, December, before the trade in December, was what we all saw in the College World Series, a guy who, you know, he was a very talented player who seemed to rise to the occasion at the right time. Um, but then when you meet him, you kind of get a better understanding. He, he doesn't get – face he's very mature uh he handles himself uh, in a very professional manner uh he's one of those guys you know kind of like when you interview people tim and, and sometimes you get a feeling that they're just giving you canned response or something this is a guy who gives a little bit of thought to what he's saying um and what he says is, is very uh <clears throat> it's very intelligent he's a guy that's very mature he, he seems like he's been playing the game for a long time he, he just um I think Brian Snicker said it well. He said, Snicker said something like, "I haven't met his parents, but but I'm pretty sure they're great people because uh, you know I can tell from the from the son they raised. He's the kind of guy that you, you've heard comparisons to Jeter all along. Um, you know, let's not say he's he's Jeter yet, but at the same time, that's the kind of guy he he could develop to be uh, that face of the franchise guy that the organization's never going to be ashamed to have out there representing them. Yeah, the couple of times that I've gotten a chance to talk to him, same thing, Mark, just completely engaging, and you can tell he's paying attention and, and wants to give you the best answer he can, and you don't always see that. Hopefully that continues as he moves on in his career. Uh, Mark, Aaron Blair got his first win finally, 13th start, and he finally gets that victory. He did it against Noah Syndergaard, although Syndergaard not at his best in that game. Uh, how do the Braves view Blair now as opposed to when they traded for him? Well, I mean, I, I think that they would have liked to have seen Aaron Blair uh, be a little bit closer to Major League ready, um, you know, during the first latter first half of this season, uh, progress through this season uh, to a point where they would have a good feel for what they have next year. Uh, to his credit, it, it does look like he made some adjustments after that last trip back to Gwinnett. Uh, he pitched effectively, like you said, the other night against the Mets. It, it may be a little bit too late in the season. You never want to. Uh, make too much of evaluations in September. Now, with that being said, what Aaron Blair did the other night was against a team that's contending, you know, a team that's fighting for something. So uh, you, you do have to remember that the one thing about September, you don't ever want to uh, make too much of evaluations and numbers is because you have so many kids playing. Some guys just have lost motivation 
but like I said, that that lineup he faced the other night was fighting for something. So that that's uh, that's encouraging. I, Aaron Blair is going to be a big leader for a long time. Um, you know, whether he's a develops into a number three, um, he's a, a number four. He's Aaron Harang. Let, let's wait and see that play out. But at the same time, the one thing that we can say is Aaron Blair. The guy that we saw most of this season was not the guy who was marketed during when the trade was made back in December. You know, he was he was throwing 90-91, uh, touching 92 occasionally. Uh, if if he can get back to having that hard uh, sinker, uh, he's 94-95. Um, this is a guy that they can certainly build around. That's going to lengthen that rotation. They've talked about. They want to go out and get two new starters or two additional starters next year. So you, you you look at your rotation. You've got Tehran and Fulton Evich. You add two more starters. Now all of a sudden you've got Blair, Whistler, and others fighting for uh, a rotation spot. Now you know they, they could make a trade at some point this winter um, to, to try to fill one of their needs, whether that's at the catcher's position or um, you know, I, I think they feel pretty good with what they have at third base with Adonis Garcia, uh, primarily because they don't see anything necessarily available there. So catchers, the catcher spot will be uh, a, the primary offensive focus during the offseason. Um, but at the same time, I think what there's what this is setting up is we're going to see a, a pretty strong competition if they do go get two more starters. Um, during the off season, is you're looking at Whistler, Blair, and um, you know a slew of others, including Sean Newcomb, who may not be major league ready at the beginning of next year, but we'll be talking about that in spring training next year. All these guys fighting for a fifth spot, and you know you're looking at a you're looking at Whistler, who has the potential to probably be a number two, uh, at least a number three, and Newcomb, who certainly has the potential to be at least a number two, and and, and if he can conti- continue to uh, provide more consistent command. He has a chance to be uh, John Lester type. So, um, as some of these younger guys are coming, the Freeds, the Allards, uh, guys at the lower level, Newcomb's going to be the first one to arrive. At the the next one to be like Fulton Evans that has the potential to be an ace. Uh, you're going to see why this organization is so excited about what they have uh, in the pipeline with their pitching. Yeah, and the 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 thing you really want with a young team like the Braves is that competition. You can't beat that in spring training to have that many guys competing. Hey, and let the cream rise to the crop. To let let the cream rise to the top, rather. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Braves edition for Mark Bowman. I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.